You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Tuesday, January 3rd, um, LifePoint will be one. And I would just want to say that all, all the glory uh, must be to God. Um, God, has been, God has been really kind to us. Okay, um, And it, we're going to have a fantastic year as individuals and as a church. Uh, I just want to thank everyone. I was just looking around and I said to myself, there are a couple of people who kind of have been at Life Point since, um, since it was even 618, since it was even called one other name like that. Okay. Um, and I just want to thank every single person. Um, it's, let's, let's just put our hands together. Let's celebrate us. God is really kind. Um, for me, um, it's, it's been a, it's been a very interesting year also. Um, I used to be a pastor. I thought I was a pastor um, until I started pastoring LifePoint. And it's been, it's been a blessing. And I want to thank you guys for, um, for being a fantastic church, okay? All right. Um, so this new year, one thing God said to me was about saving people. And it was specific about people who we... It says he will save people that other people have thought would be impossible. And a couple of ways to... Well, play something. I can't hear. Sorry, this is my keyboardist. For, um, a couple of ways to grow a church. We can grow church by relocating people from other churches. Um, I've often joked with the pastors at the main church that one day we'll just take a bus there and you know advertise and bring people. But... Um, there's also, and God will move people into different local assemblies for different reasons. But there's also um, our mandate as a church um, to win souls. And I believe strongly that this new year, God will give us huge influence in the land. And that we will speak to people who um, have walked away from God and have no relationship with God. And that's going to be a big thing. One of the things I'll do over the next two or three Sundays is to also... Uh, put context to our plans as a church so you also know um, what we're planning to do this year. Um, there's um, um, eight days of fasting and prayer that starts on Wednesday. Um, all the Elevation Church expressions. I really apologize to those of you who wanted to fast longer, um, but it's what Pastor Godman asked us to do. Just eight days. If After we finish the eight days, you feel that you want to move to 21, please feel free to continue. But uh, we'll have daily prayer meetings at Pistis Conference Center, and that means that this Thursday there will be no service here. We'll start our services, our Thursday services, on the upper Thursday, okay? And um, just to also mention that next Sunday, um, I'll still be preaching about the Holy Spirit. I will be talking about the ministry of comfort, and the Bible calls the Holy Spirit our comforter, and we'll just discuss that, and how the Holy Spirit brings... Um, peace, how it brings healing and order to our emotions. Um, I'll speak about the concept of inspired love and how uh, you get to a place as a Christian where there's an inspiration within you to love. Um, I'll speak about how, and Pastor Goma mentioned it yesterday in service, how we deal with negative emotions um, by the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, for someone, and I, as I put, put my notes together, even for next week, um, it struck me that you can, by the help of the Holy Spirit, love your way out 
of pain and sadness. And we'll be talking about that next Sunday. So please uh, come to church um, and bring somebody with you, okay? I'm just going to very quickly this Sunday speak about the ministry of counseling, the counselor, our Holy Spirit as our counselor. Um, just help me look, at least tell the person next to you, I think you need counseling. <laughs> no, no, tell them with very firmly. I think, <laughs> just tell them, I think you need counseling. Huh? Okay. And my early memories of, uh, of counseling um, from secondary school was always when you had done something wrong. So you're going to see the counselor. And if they took you to the counselor, it means you were about to be suspended or expelled. That was... You had done something wrong. And then even growing up, um, if I said, ah, um, um, Ogo is in counseling, everybody just thinks, ah, what has she done? Oh, there's something wrong. And, um, but the Holy Spirit, the Bible refers to him as our counselor. And we just want to talk about that this morning. Um, this year, I want to encourage you. you know, um, I have sensed over the last couple of days, weeks, that um, God will. You know, there's, there's always a way. There's always a way when we start the beginning of the year and we talk about what God has revealed. There's always a way that we can be skeptical because you know, if you leave the bit, you have heard people say different things. But, but this year, um, and you know, I said it, I think, a couple of weeks ago, that a, a new year does not necessarily make a new person. All right? So a new year does not a new man make. It's not, you, I suspect that you have realized that you are who you were yesterday, you know, even though the year. So you kind of, you know. Uh, but, and, and scripture is clear about how a new man is made. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. And then, you know, talks about the fact that we are trans, being transformed by the Holy Spirit. You read Second Corinthians 3, uh, talks about all, we all with unveiled faces, beholding us in the glass, the glory of God, are being transformed. Talks about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I like how, I think it's First Samuel 10, when, you know, Bible, God says to, Sam, to, to Saul, says, Samuel says to Saul, says the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and will make you a new man. Um... I like how Paul speaks in Ephesians and speaks about putting off the old man um, um, and putting on the new man. So the newness of man doesn't just come with a change of a year. Uh, but God gives us years and months and weeks to signal to us changes of seasons. That's very important. When we read Genesis, he speaks about why he appointed the sun and the moon and the order of the day and night or so that we um, have seasons. And I put in my note here, uh, it also comes out of um, some of the things PG um, had told a couple of the pastors, and I, about the need for total submission to God, and very much like you know, what Miriam was sharing in her God experience, um, that nobody can take care of you like God can. Nobody. In fact, um, nobody is more interested in you than God is. I know there's this guy who's all fly and tells you, and writes like Shakespeare, tells you that he will sacrifice everything for you. 
he will sell everything for you. But nobody, nobody. I know there's this girl who when she smiles, you can see into the future. And when she cooks for you, you don't have to eat for three days after that. But there is nobody who is more interested in your life and the outcome of your life than God is. And um, he's been speaking to me about prosperity. Um, not just money, but prosperity. And one of the things that's been in my heart about this is the fact that um, we need to come to a place of deeper humility as individuals. So I just want to lay that down, deeper humility. You read Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we need to make sure that in this year we live our lives um, as people who are being led by God. It's very important. Um, by the way, I hope Psalm 23 is a psalm I love a lot. I, I'm asking the band, Falabi, to please write a worship song uh, from Psalm 23. If you can submit it anytime in the next three weeks for us to sing in church, we'll be very grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, make, make sure it's nice, please. <laughs> All right. So, um, just again, please tell the person next to you, you really do need counseling. <laughs> and it's not a bad thing because the Holy Spirit is our counselor. If God says that the Holy Spirit is our counselor, it means that we need counseling. And, and um, when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I just read that to your hearing, it says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9, however... As it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. 11, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words thought by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spiritual thought words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I said a couple of weeks ago that God has an opinion. He has a point of view. Um, if I fix in Isaiah where he says, look, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And, you know, what 
was strong on my heart to share the first you know, Sunday of the year was about a spiritual perspective that our counselor, the Holy Spirit, wants to give us. And that is my, you know, kind of challenge to us this morning. Are we even letting him counsel us? Are we letting him instruct us, give us a divine perspective? So he says in Isaiah, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Um, I know we all have some goals. I mean, I know that you can get to a place where you decide, look, I'm tired of setting goals. Let me just have the year the way it works. But you surely have stuff that you would like to happen this year. Yeah, but I wonder whether you've allowed the Holy Spirit give you his view on those plans and those thoughts. Um, A couple of months ago, we had this discussion about three kinds of men. I don't know if anybody can remember three kinds of men. We had natural Nathan. We had church. Talk to me, church. We're here. <laughs> Canal Caro or Wadley Wasu, and there was spiritual shade. Some people were. Some people were in church. Yes, and um, I remember. Oh, were they showing it when you were saying this thing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, and I remember we described um, natural Nathan as the man who doesn't know God at all. And we described, you know, um, Colonel Carroll's Wadley Wasu in in a number of ways, and I think they'll put that up very shortly. Um, A couple of things that described them. We talked about them being in the battle between the flesh and the spirit, being ruled by feelings, sinful desires, and emotions, essentially being what the Bible says is carnally minded. So they're born again, but they've refused to submit to God. We spoke about their love work and the fact that they still sponsor strife and division. And, and we spoke about um, their understanding of God, the fact that it is shallow at a very surface level and it is based on secondhand, you know, what somebody told me, what P.I. said. And their priorities were self, power, fame, wealth, pleasure. And we, we compared that with spiritual shei and the fact that um, for spiritual shei, um, if you flip that, please. Um, um, for spiritual shei, they are ruled by the Holy Spirit. So the Bible will say they are spiritually minded. Their love work that they treasure the bond of unity and they will do everything the Bible says to be at peace with all men. In terms of their understanding of God, they have a personal, ever increasing, researched and tested knowledge of God. The Bible says of the Berean Christians that they would go home to see if the things which they had been taught were so. And their priority is God, the kingdom, salvation of souls what the Bible calls being spiritually minded. And, you know, I, I, as I prepared for this, I realized that one thing very important there, the first for spiritual shade, is the fact that he's led by the Holy Spirit. The fact that he or she lets the Holy Spirit give a point of view on a matter. And, you know, most of us will make important decisions this year. 
for someone you will make a decision about who to marry this year. And I just wonder whether you would let the Holy Spirit, you would let God give you his point of view. Someone will make decisions about where they would live. Someone will make decisions about um, financial decisions, about career and all that. It's about, you know, would you let the whole... I mean, it's, it's useful to make plans. I, you know, we had uh, Pastor Tolu um, share with us briefly at the Thursday service about, you know, making plans. And, you know, fantastic. But do we have, and do we, do we have God's view, God's point of view? It's a very simple charge this morning. Do we have God's point of view? Do we let our counselor? And one of the things that people who are in government, people who are in high office will do is to make sure that they have a team of people around them who provide them with counsel. Because the realization is that your knowledge is not sufficient for all the things that you have to do. You realize that these people know a lot more. And the Holy Spirit um, has been around for, from eternity. So there is nothing about your life, there is nothing about the decisions that you need to make or you want to make, but he doesn't know. Every single detail. And it's important because as Christians, we're called to walk by faith. Um, and I said to myself earlier this morning that my faith walk is easier when the Holy Spirit is counseling me. Sometimes, as a Christian, walking by faith is a bit tedious because you feel you have to believe some things which you are not, you don't, you're not sure. You, it's, it's hard. It's, it almost sounds mechanical. And one of the reasons it's like that is, you know, because sometimes we do not let the Holy Spirit um, um, lead us into truth, provide us with a point of view. Okay, uh, let me try and make this a bit more practical. A couple of ways that in my life I've seen the Holy Spirit um, give me perspective, especially when it comes to making plans for a season. Um, one thing I remember was that he would always inspire um, knowledge or prophecy and always give me um, what is the appropriate response when a prophecy has come. So I remember saying, so like I was saying earlier, so we'll come and say, oh, this is the year of X and Y and Z, you know? And if you've been around a bit, after a while, you're just like, ah, ah, all this pastor shah. You know, just look for one trendy team and just, you know, put it, the year of hope, the year of hopeful hope, <laughs> the year of lively hope, you know, and, you know? And I was somewhere recently where they were teasing us, you know, ah, that we just, every year, shall we come up with a new sticker, you know? Yeah, and I was just like, ah, yeah, say what you want to say, it's okay, you know? Um, but, but what happens when we, we do this, you know, Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 2, is that we catch a glimpse of what God wants to do. And I say a glimpse because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 and 9, that we know in part and we prophesy in part. So we catch a glimpse. And for some people who have worked with God um, you know, a bit better and have you know, their gifts sharpened, they can see with a certain amount of clarity what God is doing in a season. And then, so they see it, they receive that information in their spirit, and then they try to use vocabulary, human words, to try and capture the essence of what God wants to do. 
And um, what is interesting for me, and, and I say to people, please do not snare at prophecy. Do not despise prophecy. Do not, you know, just shake your head and say, we've heard it before. Be very careful. Um, in fact, be excited if you can. But Bible says not just to be hearers of the word, but to be doers. Not just to be people who hear it, receive it with joy, but to be in a place where you can experience it. And one way the Holy Spirit has helped me, the counsel has helped me, is to um, be able to tell me what the appropriate response in a season is. So when the prophetic word, so for example, we say it's you know, to, be, um, to be steadfast, unmovable, uh, no shake. So what is the appropriate response? If you were in service yesterday, uh, Pastor Godman shared a couple of things which God had laid in his heart. So my you know, first encouragement you know, in this is, look, there's word, prophecy, going around your life, us as a church. What is your response? And your response might be different from mine. Um, I give an example. Um, most 10 years now. One year, um, we'd gone to church. We're still in Desta. And God, um, Pastor Sam said to us then, oh, it's our year of increase. This is how the Holy Spirit explained it to me. It's our year of increase, our year of increase. But amen, amen. This is how, Pastor, this is how the Holy Spirit explained it to me. It was about fruitfulness. He said, if it was going to be increase, you had to sow seed. Increase meant that there was going to be fruitfulness. If it was going to be fruitfulness, you had to sow seed. So I remember, just I'm sure my wife was just thought my behavior was very bizarre. I just, you know, I said, ah, this is how the Holy Spirit explained it to me. What is our best seed in the house? And I remember at that time, just 10 years ago, I had, uh, I had a very nice... Uh, BMW 3 Series with red leather seats. Which is very nice. Everybody used to envy me in Lagos. You might have heard about me then. <laughs> but, uh, but it was really nice. It was my, it's still my best car till date. And, and um, you know, which is why, one of the reasons I know Ogo likes me or loves me is because sometimes I just come up with this. The Holy Spirit said this. And she just allows me, you know. <laughs> she doesn't tie me up or lock me up because I just said, ah. It's a year of increase, the prophetic word. But I said the response that I hear in my heart is that we should sow our best seed. We're going to sow the BMW 3 Series with red leather seats. Ah, hey. And it sounded like, I suspect she probably didn't think I was serious until I said, let's go. Uh, she had also just got in a brand new car. So I said, okay, we'll take it to the gentleman who God had laid in our hearts that we should take it. I said, we'll take it to him. He'll pray over your car. We'll give him the other one. And we drove in a convoy. I was just, you know, I was in the spirit. I'm sure she was just wondering what is this person. And we parked, you know, it was Pastor Godman years ago and said, Pastor Godman, please come and pray for Ogo's new car. Ah, brand new car, fantastic. And I said, oh, by the way, um, in response to God, this is uh, uh, this BMW 3 Series, red leather seat. <laughs> and no, no, because you, the car used to, so when you put off on the car at night and the inner light comes, it had a red glow. It was, I've never seen it anymore. <laughs> you know, but, um, but we sowed that seed. And I, I, I don't say this, you, you, and the truth is, I, it's not, I'm not saying this because I want you to then come and give me a car. But if you do red leather seeds, <laughs> just remember that that's how my seed went. But I've gotten the harvest, actually. I've gotten part of that harvest uh, years ago. But what it was, was that in the midst of a prophetic word, 
there was the Holy Spirit made it mine. He he gave so okay by Jan, by mid January we were I was set I was we were in obedience already. I knew exactly what God I knew that this was a season not just so people were shouting year of increase year of increase. I knew that it meant that our best seed needed to be in the ground. Um, and I and I say this to you guys because we're family. Okay, so you don't you're not tweeting about this. You're not it's not doesn't go anywhere else. I mean I remember I've got another brand brand new BMWs after that. In fact, the one that came after that, we gave it out again. And now we drive more modest cars around town, okay, as, as we've matured. Uh, <laughs> but but my, my question to you is, would you let the Holy Spirit give you perspective about prophecy? Because otherwise, you'll be in church, and prophecy will come, and you just become, after a while, you become, you you. You, be, you, you take it like, you know, just normal stuff. Or you just become cynical. Like, ah, we've heard it before. My, you're supernatural, territorial, advanced. But, ah, this pastor just I like so. And, and the Holy Spirit is saying, ah, Yimika, I'm sorry, I'm buying your case again this year. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Apparently, I haven't repented of this. Um, uh, because she said to me later that she introduced herself to someone in church and said, oh, you're the Yimika that P.I. always talks about. Okay, so he says, and the Holy Spirit wants to say to you, look, Yimika, this is what the prophecy means to you. This is what it means to you. So that's one way the Holy Spirit wants to give us perspective. Um, one thing has also worked for me as I planned uh, and you know, interacted with the Holy Spirit in his ministry as a counselor is the fact that uh, he constantly helps me to keep eternity in view. Um, one of my mentors once said that the longer the time frame you plan within, so if I'm planning, so that someone plans within a one-year time frame, and someone else plans within a ten-year time frame, that the person who plans within a ten-year time frame, ordinarily, all of the things being equal, the ten-year time frame planner should make better plans, and they will tell you about countries, and um, in fact, you can't run a country planning one year. So, you know, we're all excited about our budget, but our budget is not the biggest planning tool that our country has because our budget typically answers to stuff in the now. So our biggest planning tool as a country should speak to 10, 15, 20, if not 50 years. We should be planning how, you know, I, I digress, focus, it is on your message. Um, so, uh, and, and so the longer you can plan for, the better. And one, one thing that the Holy Spirit has constantly, as a counselor, done for me, and this, again, I want to encourage um, you know, someone here about, is this ability to keep eternity in view. It's requiring who constantly says that life is a rehearsal for eternity. Life is a rehearsal. So, um, in terms of what matters most, Eternity matters more than life and time. That is standard fact. Uh, when you read 1 Corinthians 15, 19, uh, Apostle Paul says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, that we are of all men most to be pitied. Um, you know that there's some simple mathematical equations that you, uh, I don't know who's good at maths. I want to say, how do you calculate the area, right? Area, area of, a, of a square. What do you need? All the lawyers should not worry. What all the other people? <laughs> no, no, no. I could see the lawyers just doing their head like, uh, no, no, no. All the other people, engineers, talk to me. What do you need for? Huh? 
talk if you know. If you don't know, you just be humble. What do you need? People, engineers. For area of square. All of you. No, come on, guys. You guys all have degrees now. Learn squared. How? <laughs> okay, so of a square, you're correct. So see, see, somebody got it. Learn squared. That's the, you went to Uniben, right? <laughs> but because all the sides are the same for, if I said a rectangle, then we're doing length times spread. But area of square is something squared. They're the same thing. Abby? Okay. <laughs> but if you, you know that there are things which you then want to calculate, um, when, when do you then need, when you do length, breadth, and height, what are you trying to calculate for? No, no, wait. <laughs> okay, you're trying to calculate volume. So, so my, when you want to calculate the volume, yeah, there are dimensions, you need more than length and breadth, though. If that's how they taught you in your school, then this is wrong. You need length, breadth, and height, or something like that. You get the picture's idea, don't, don't worry. Don't, let's not focus on. <laughs> but my point is, the best made plans, and, and that's one of the things the Holy Spirit as a counselor wants to do, cannot just be made within the confines of the dimensions of time and space. And I, I say this because in my life, the more I put that eternal dimension in the plans that I make, I can see the better plans that I make. Um, I find, I'm two years before I'm 40, I find that um, my life is moving very fast. I can remember being 10 when I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be maybe 15 or something. I remember being 15, I, being 18 was the big deal. I remember when 21 was the rave, oh, it's going to be 21. And then, you know, I think life flew by very quickly, 25, you know, then I remember, ah, oh, I will soon be 30. Ah, 30, 30, 30, 30. You know, and then as it goes very quickly, you just find yourself in your mind trying to slow life down. You know, how do I? Then one day you are 40. Then next thing you know, it's like by the time you are 50, by the time you are 40, I think the inevitability of the pace of life hits you. You just resign. Then, then you are 50. Then they say, oh, we're coming for your 60th. <laughs> by the time you are 70, all this you know, what's the reigning hairstyle doesn't matter anymore. You are, you are settled already. You know, you're like, oh, wow. But my point is life goes by very quickly. And the sense I get, and scripture supports this, is that there is a preparation. So all this, everything that we do, is all preparing towards eternity. Every single day that we live. And our counselor wants to constantly keep that eternal perspective in view for us. Over the last three months, if you've listened to me talk, you know that I've become fascinated with that phrase that says, well done, good and faithful servant. I mean, like Miriam was sharing results, I, I, don't, like, I don't like going to check results. I, I don't. I mean, I'm smart, as the, you know, I'm smart enough, but I don't like going to check. I just, you know, so how people can just go to check a results, you know, just chilled. I don't understand it. I've gone to a result board before to check for people who passed. My name was there. I looked through the whole thing, didn't see my name, and walked away. I'm telling you, I've, I've been that... I don't do result checking very well. Okay? Um, but apparently, this whole life that we're living is not just about you know, the things in the here and now. Um, I wrote in my notes that every Christian 
ought to be openly delighted and expectant at the prospect of eternity. Otherwise, you have been robbed. So if you have a Christian faith and you're a child of God and going to heaven does not excite you, it's not something that crosses your mind, then you've been robbed. And one of the things the counselor wants to do this year, because it affects the quality of the plans that we make, is that he wants to put that missing dimension. It means that you would make certain decisions now. Um, you would pass on certain opportunities now. You would make changes now. You would, um, you would withstand some things now because you have that in view. And it's very important. Um, well done. So this whole well done, good and faithful servant is that I, I keep on saying to myself, I imagine that, you know, you know, I imagine different things. That I don't know how it is for different people. Maybe they play your favorite song and then you, you know, maybe like they have like a DJ like Obi, they play your favorite song, then you step out, you know, oh God, you know, what's your favorite song again? <laughs> and then they play your favorite song, you step out and then God says, and then God says something. For some people, I say, just come here, just say, go back. <laughs> I'm just joking. But yeah, he would probably, he probably would not, <laughs> So people just say, go back. I don't, don't, even, don't even mention it. You know, I was, you know, and I'm just, in my mind, I'm like, when they call my name, I really just want to hear, well done, good. You know, then people say, I don't dance. It's a lie. You will see, my, <laughs> you will see all my dancing. But as a counselor, you know, because what happens is, um, and I like counseling. I like being a counselor. Um, it's, and I've said it to you guys before, that one of the things I would love to do is to be the pastor of the president. I just like that whole chilled in a spiritual place, yet having access to, ah, Mr. President, I don't think the Lord will have you. I just like that whole feeling, you know. But the Holy Spirit wants me to say to you, ah, Ayimika, no, because of eternity, this thing I want to do, it doesn't add up. So when you look at your plans, when we look at our plans, what is there any reflection of an eternity dimension in it? Is there any? When you look at the financial plans you've made this year, and Paul says, How does finance, what does finance have to do with eternity? Read First Timothy chapter 6. It speaks about how rich people can use their wealth in this time, in this age, to prepare treasure for them in the world that is to come. So there's a way you can plan even your money now. Um, how, how does the way you relate with people, um, your love work, how, what plans have you made? Um, for someone, even the health plans you've made. For someone, the reason why you have to take care of your health is so that this body will serve you long enough for you to fulfill purpose. Because you really don't want to show up in heaven and like, ah, but what's happened now? You say, ah, my body didn't. By the time I was 50, the body refused to move. The spirit was willing. Because you need to make health plans now. For somebody here, and I didn't put this in my nose, on in my head, you need to start jogging now. Not because you want people to take fancy pictures of you on the, on the new bridge. That's not, no, no, no. You are jogging because of eternity. You know, to take selfies, and so people will see you when you're going to work. I don't even understand why people are jogging at that time of the day. But it's, it's, it's because of eternity. I'm keeping my body as fit as I can, because I want to be, I want to live as long as I need to live for purpose sake. So that when I show up, they don't say, ah, but you had like 20 years worth of work to do. But okay, just come in, come in, good. 
They don't put the faithful servant. I want my complete, well done, good and faithful servant on the day. Okay? So please just tell somebody, can you, you really do need counseling. Because <laughs> okay? all this, you're, I want to buy new shades, I want to buy new hair, plants that you're making, it's not. You know, and, and, I think, and I think in your private moments, when you look at the plans that you have made for this year, I want you to be able to be honest with the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, these plans are really shallow, Sha. Um, have you made any plans to help someone come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ this year? And that is a huge, huge eternity perspective plan. And it's very important uh, because it, it's, it, the Bible speaks about crowns in heaven. So, it's, you know the way people get excited about things like MMM? You know, you, know, you all know what MMM is. Don't do, you know. I know you didn't put money in it, but you know what it is. Uh, God bless you. <laughs> okay, it's because there's a promise of a reward. I don't know what they used to call the thing. There's something, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't even research it. But I know that there's something they say is coming to you. And your heart is, you know, bubbling. And when you get it, you feel fulfilled. You put all the money again. Because... <laughs> You know, is there are crowns for us in eternity? And so do you and how do you get the crowns? Bible speak about he who wins souls. So I'm wondering in the plans that we've made, and our counselor is trying to say to you, look, this is your friend, your colleague, Femi, that sits next to you. You keep on complaining about his lifestyle. You keep on you know, you know, uh, he's 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 far from God. In fact, everybody has given up on him. There's nothing he does not smoke. There's, you know, there's nowhere he doesn't go. But you know that there is a chance. In fact, if you can't do anything, bring him to church. Drag him, pay him money, tell him, I will give you 10K, follow me to church. Just in the hope that he would get saved. <sighs> Holy Spirit, help us. Last thing, I'm just going to wrap this up. Um, because I, I, it's been on my heart about perspective and that it's very easy to, um, to just walk with a human perspective to everything. It's very easy. I know the times are interesting. So everybody's very, we make plans in a hurry. But it's very easy to forget God's perspective. The last thing, um, and I think it ties to one of the first things I said about prophecy, is it's about you know, the Holy Spirit as a counselor deepening our understanding of the seasons that we're in, of the cycles in our lives, of the triggers in our lives, deepening our understanding of seed and harvest. And I'll and I, and I tell you how this, how this came to me. Uh, we're having a leader's prayer meeting, I think about a couple of weeks ago, maybe four or five weeks, I can't remember now. And you know, the phrase dropped in my heart, the 10 virgins have showed up again. And um, the 10 virgins are from... Um, uh, Matthew 25, where the Bible says there were five, um, there were, it says in the message, Matthew 25, one, God's kingdom is like 10 younger virgins who took oil lamps, I'm reading the message, and went out to greet the bridegroom. It says five were silly and five were smart. The silly virgins took lamps but no extra oil. The smart virgins took jars of oil to feed their lamps. The bridegroom did not show up when they expected him and they all fell. 
asleep. And so that phrase was in my heart. The ten virgins have showed up again. And essentially, what as I've prayed about it, thought about it, the picture in my heart is about a generation of people who have shown up in God. They've shown up in church, like us, at a beautiful time like this, saying, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Are you going for the wedding? We are going for the wedding. Oh, wedding. Did you bring the Ashwabi? We all have the Ashwabi. Lamps, lamps. Oh, let's go, let's go. And they're all ten. And they're all, you know, they've even done the hairstyle that the, the, we're all supposed to do. They've, you know, everybody's got their stuff on. And they're even rehearsing the songs. So they all know the songs, yeah? And they have their favorite songs. They're in church. They know them. We're on the bridal train. But there were things that separated both, you know, that two, two sets. One set um, didn't have extra oil. And, you know, God kept on having this, you know, just this thing in my mind about people who, just not to be now-minded. In fact, the notes I made, I said, the, the Holy Spirit, you know, wants to counsel us to be careful to do things this year that will resonate as far as the next 10 years. Okay? Um, essentially, like, it's like sending echoes into your future. So that's the Holy Spirit wants you every now and then this year to be able to set aside oil that is not for today. This year. And that's one of the things the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to, and for someone, I don't know what it means. For someone, it's, it might be money that no matter what happens, the Holy Spirit is directing you to structure your finance in such a way that there's something in five, ten years of Christ's diaries that that money will be speaking. For someone, it's about a call to go back to school. I don't know what it is. I don't know what your extra oil is. But one thing the Holy Spirit helps us to do is to be able to step up because anybody can tell you things in the now. Um, and a brilliant person or economist can tell you about things in the now. They can tell you what to do now. But they can't tell you. We can all say, oh, the Naira, the Naira. The Naira might go to 600. Ah, fuck, it might go to this. But Nobody can tell you what's going to happen in 10 years. Because for all we know, in 10 years' time, we might, have, we might not have currency the way we know it. For all we know, the whole world might use it. We don't know. And that's the fact. But your counselor wants to help you locate where your extra oil is. For someone, it's just times of prayer. And this is how it's happened in my life. That every now and then, I just sense that um, I need to stop prayer for this. So it's not, I'm not praying for anything now. I have things to pray for now, but I'm not. So in that, in that moment, I'm not praying for, you know, the things now. No, no, it's not a now issue. It's not a today matter. No, no, I'm not praying for those things. I know that I'm praying for three years. I'm praying for one year down the line. And, and we need to do that. Otherwise, we're reduced to just being fire brigade Christians. Um, Galatians 6 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Um, for someone, there are patterns in your life. There are things which you have seen happen over and over and over again. And you're not really happy. And the Holy Spirit wants to counsel you. 
and say to you, this is exactly why it keeps on happening. For someone, you are broke at the end of every month. Like clockwork, you are always broke. In fact, by the 20, verse 20, by the 18th, <laughs> you are broke. As in, what I mean broke? Broke that you have to borrow. And the Holy Spirit just, he wants to counsel you and explain to you that this is why it happens like this. For someone, there's a particular, it might just be, it might just be that you keep falling into sexual sin. And it's, you can almost predict, you can, you can see it, you know, you try your best and it just happens. And the Holy Spirit wants to counsel you. He wants to show you because you know, the Bible says to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets. That there's a sin that sometimes it seems like it has come adapted to you and your person. And your, but there's a lifestyle change. And the Holy Spirit says, look, if you stop going here on Friday nights, this will not happen again. And so the Holy Spirit wants to provide that kind of perspective. And to round up now. Um, so the Holy Spirit is our counselor. It means that of all the people in the world, Christians should make the most intelligent decisions. It means that Christians should make the most intelligent decisions. I've made stupid decisions before in my life. And I've made very good decisions also. And I'm learning to make better ones. So my encouragement is to give attention to the Holy Spirit this year. Not in a when we say these things, how do you give my attention to the Holy Spirit? Um, spend time in prayer. Schedule your prayer time if you can. Uh, earnestly desire the counsel of the Holy Spirit. This year, pray in the Spirit as if your life depends on it, because it actually does. Um, the picture I had in my mind this morning, preparing early, was about digging ridges. Oh, yeah, that's the word. Digging ridges. Um, I know all of us here we're lucky, so we don't do we don't do farming like that. Although I hear that we're now farming everybody, okay. Um, but digging ridges and and so that water can collect. I sincerely believe that we would experience over and over again the reign of the Holy Spirit in this season. And I'm asking you to please dig ridges. I don't know what that means in your life for you, but it's essentially dig create collection spots for uh, uh, vessels that you can collect things with of stuff from the Holy Spirit. So for somebody, it means that you have to read the Bible a bit more. For someone, I know you're a technology person, it means you have to listen to some podcasts. For someone, you need to get audio books on an audio, audio Bible. For someone, this year, you need to finish the Bible for the first time in your life. And maybe the first person in your family finished the Bible this year just because you want to create ridges for the Holy Spirit. You want when the water pours. <laughs> I don't know if you ever, um, if you ever were in a city where they used to. I know you guys were in Lekki. Where when the fetch, when rain falls, you had to collect water. Did it happen when you were growing up? No, you guys are poor, shabby. Okay, I grew up in Benin. The air is even better than the Ibadan people's air. Okay, <laughs> real quality. For sometimes we don't even breathe at all. For this, just just you breathe for one day, it takes you for seven. But, and, then, and then sometimes there was no water for whatever reason. But people don't have water in Lake Hill now. I don't understand you are farming like you all have water in your houses in Russia. You don't have water. You buy water from tankers. Yeah. But 
sometimes there was no water and, and it, would, it would rain. And what would happen is they would, everyone would then put big collection things around. It has to be strategic. You have to figure out where the water would collect faster, cleaner, and so that you could use it. This year, I really beg you to create reading. I know you have your life planned. You know, if you have a counselor like the Holy Spirit, you should be making more intelligent decisions. Um, you should be proud to tell people that you, I'm in counseling, as you see me now. <laughs> I'm in counseling. I'm being counseled. And this is the counselor who is not using some, it's not the one that tells you to sit on a couch, ask you where were you when you were five years old, tell me about the dog that pursued you, how did you feel? That's us. Those things are helpful if they're done professionally and properly. But this is the counselor who knows where you were before you were even born. So there are things which you cannot even remember about yourself, your life, your psyche, which he knows. He knows every single detail about your life. Every, in fact, I, I think I mentioned it two weeks ago, or the last message I preached, when I said the Holy Spirit knows you better than you know yourself. You think you know yourself, but the Holy Spirit knows you better than you know yourself. I like us to just worship. I apologize. I've preached a bit longer than I thought I should. Um, I like us to just worship God. Um, Follow me. There's a hymn um, on Christ's solar rock. Do, do you know it? If they give us the lyrics, we can sing it, eh? Okay. Okay, just hum, 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 hum before the lyrics come. But I'd like us to sing that song because um, it's a beautiful confession. To me. And I really apologize to multimedia guys. I should have told you before I was going to sing this. But, but I'd like us as church just to, to spend time in worship. Uh, this morning, very quickly, 10 minutes or so, we'll be done. And we'll just be asking the Holy Spirit, look, we respect you. You have it? Okay. We respect you as our counselor. We respect, and we, we come into counseling. We come into counseling today, okay? Um, let's just stand and worship before the lyrics come up. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Just go ahead and just, just bless God this morning. Just go ahead and bless me. Just say, Father, counsel me. Holy Spirit, counsel me. Show me how to react to prophecy. Show me what steps to take next. Holy Spirit, counsel me. Look at my plans that I've made, but help me. Help me have an eternal dimension to things. Tell me about the cycles of my life, the triggers. Help me, Holy Spirit. Um, Help me, Holy Spirit. For life, if you can even Google on your Google on your phone, just show me the, the lyrics. I can I can just read it out. So we can sing. Uh, the hymn. Do you know it? Hallelujah. I apologize. It's on my
he asked me to just, there's one prayer point. Father, I give you my heart. And I don't know what that means to you, but that's all the prayer point that I had. Father, I give you my heart. Father, I give you my heart. Father, I give you my heart. While we sing, we sing, we just sing the, in the, softly in the back. Because everybody just pray, Father, I give you my heart. And as you begin to say those words, he will give you more words to pray. But that, that is how you know, I felt led that we should pray this morning. Father, I give you my heart. Father, I give you my heart. Father, I give you my heart. Nothing else. Father, I give you my heart. Father, I give you my heart. Father, I give you my heart. Come on, church. 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 Ali Father, I give you my heart. Because you see, you can give God an offering, but not your heart. You can give him some time but not your heart. You can, you can even give him some sacrifice, but not your heart. And I think it's a good place to start. For someone to just say, Father, I lift my hands, I submit to you. January 1st, 2017, I give you my heart. I give you my heart. Come on, church, let's pray this morning. Thank you for listening.